Welcome, everyone, to your ongoing journey or leap into a new world of opportunity. Inside Japan Podcast is a stepping stone for your next adventure. It is a show filled with informative interviews, perspectives on local life, and how you can master your path into the unknown. For today, kick back and listen to the wisdom of our host, James. Episode 8, Inside Japan Podcast, coming to you for another week. Thanks so much for coming in again. As always, want to say thanks to, again, for, I got to keep saying it, but thanks to everyone that is uh, helping the podcast grow. The, uh, the, the reviews on iTunes mean a lot, and the comments I've been getting also mean a lot, too. So thanks a lot for that, and I like to hear all feedback, as always. So if you have more, please send it my way on Twitter, Facebook, all those ways. And if you haven't left a review, if you have a second, that would be really great. I'll leave the link in the show notes page on how to do that on iTunes. It really helps new people find the show, which is always good. As for this week, David Sweet, managing director of a company, his own company, a company he started himself, Focus Core. Uh, it's a recruiting HR company. A uh, company started uh, based out there in Tokyo, as you might guess. Um, before we get to that, actually, uh, <laughs> this weekend, if you listen to this live on the 29th when it goes live, uh, in two days after that time, July 30th Eastern Time, July 1st Japan Time, I'll be doing a webinar, live webinar with, for the new jets out there, targeted for the new jets out there. So if you're not a new jet or someone that is interested in the jet program, it might not be interesting for you. But if you are interested in joining the jet program this year, uh, if you're scheduled to come, it's obviously t- mainly t- uh, targeted at you, of course. But if you have interest in the future of being in the jet program, I think it'll be interesting. I'll be there live with a few other people. So please check that out. It'll be at um, 10 a.m. Japan Time. 9 p.m. June 30th, Eastern Standard Time. So yeah, hope to see you there. Links will be in the show notes page as well. So yeah, that's a little live programming there for you. Back to the episode this week, though. Former Jet. Speaking of Jet, actually, that's, that's what I was doing. I was trying to get that transition there. Speaking of Jet, my guest this week, David, is actually a former Jet. So yeah, that's the kind of the tie all together here. He was a Jet, and then he, you know, after you, you have a limited amount of time on Jet program, and if you want to stay in Japan, you got to do something else. So most people go to teaching, right? But, he, but David here did not do that. So stay tuned. Enjoy his story of his path to Japan, and I will see you. Hopefully, see you at the webinar live or on YouTube. The replay will be on YouTube, of course. But hope to see you at the webinar this weekend. If not, I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Inside Japan podcast, guys. So, here's my interview with David Sweet. Enjoy. Okay, guys, very special guest today. His name is David, and he is in the HR recruitment industry. Uh, is that fair to say, David? That's right. And so, can we get a little more detail though? So, what exactly is do you do for profession right now in Japan? So I, I run a company that focuses on executive search within Japan. So we help uh, basically people find jobs within uh, top brand name companies, companies like Jaguar or Coca-Cola or LVMH. Okay, so basically you, your company is uh, hiring people to work at other companies, correct? That's correct. Cool. And uh, so I guess we're going to get build up that to that point, uh, exactly what that entails. But I want to know your beginning in Japan. So what kind of was the, the switch that made you decide to work in Japan? And what did you do when you first got to Japan? Uh, that's an awesome question. I, um, I kind of fell into Japan. I was uh, working in the U.S. doing human resources for about 10 years and uh, fell in love with a, a wonderful Japanese woman I'd met in Germany. And we, we lived in Colorado for a couple of years, had a couple of kids. And uh, she was hungry for some uh, uh, katsu, and I had no idea what she wanted. So um, <laughs> we decided to move to Japan. Uh, and and I, I, became, I, I left uh, my career uh, in the government and became a jet. Okay. So, I was I was a, a jet for 
uh, a couple of years in Saitama and uh, then needed to, wanted to get back into the HR field and uh, found recruitment as, uh, as a way in. Cool. I'm going to stop you right there because we had a lot of Jets listening, I'm sure, and they worry about how to get placement. So you, you, want, you decide you want to go back to Japan, and Jet kind of puts you wherever they want, right? So did you like just leave it up to chance where you were going to be living with your wife then? Yeah, well, my in-laws were in Kanto, so it was easy uh, to say I wanted to be in the Kanto region. Uh, I had uh, just finished up my doctorate degree, and uh, so I, w- I was already uh, a seasoned teacher as well. Oh, okay. and, uh, so it was pretty easy to get uh, a place that I wanted near the city. Yeah, great candidate then. Uh, so how did you find, just quickly before we keep going in your career, how did you find the JET program overall? Was it a you know, good experience for you? It was exceptional. Yeah, uh, the kids were great. The school system was great. Uh, and then the whole JET experience was uh, fantastically organized. Okay, so, okay. so let's, we like to focus on this show, the, the jumps to career. So you were at JET for a while, and then you said you made the jump to the HR career. So what exactly... Obviously, you had a great background and uh, you had a great education, so I think that makes it easy. It was obviously in your favor, of course, but how did you make that jump exactly from JET to not teaching? Well, it was a strange move because basically in the recruitment industry, it's a a sales job at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So I uh, I had done sales in a variety of different ways, um, but never in Japan. And so it was really a, a... trial by fire ex- experience for me. I had uh, great teachers to to lead me on how to do sales. And um, it wasn't that far from teaching, I felt. It was, you know, sitting down with customers, sitting down with candidates, and asking them questions and listening to what their needs were, and then trying to fill those. Probably interesting to hear what what exactly how is exactly is recruiting like sales then because I mean to the layman it sounds like recruiting is you, you listen to interviews okay this person's good let's hire them uh, so how exactly is that like sales or is there stuff we're missing yeah for well the recruitment industry it, how companies pay their associates is based on a, a sales um, scale so it, it's success based mm-hmm. and that's why it's uh, it's sales driven. Okay, which means so if you hire good people, then you'll get better pay for finding that person for them, right? That's right. Okay, cool. So did you after your job was over? Did you just hit the you know online job boards to find your job, or would you kind of had connections there? Um, I used CareerCross and uh, found a, a company called me up, and I I was lucky enough to get the job. What was your Japanese level at this point? Did you have was it something you were focused on, or did you not have much, or how was it? Um, I had been doing a lot of study when I was in JET for kanji. When I came over to Japan, it was non-existent. Mm. So it was you know learning katakana, hiragana, then kanji. I loved studying kanji and uh, studied uh, two, three times a week with teachers. Didn't use it that much at school and didn't use it at home much. So um, I was learning, but not that much. So I was probably uh, N3, N2 by the time I, I started working. Okay. Uh, and then progressed, uh, just kept on studying. So I guess that uh, for someone listening, that, that means you don't have to have perfect Japanese to try to get uh, a job in recruitment then in Japan. Uh, no. Okay, cool. Um, so now you start, you got a job in recruitment. How did you find it, and what kind of things were you were you doing? It, to begin with, it was tough because it was learning. 
<laughs> learning everything, learning the industry, learning living in Tokyo, uh, getting around, learning uh, industries and what professionals do uh, within Japan. So it was, it was a big challenge uh, to learn those things. The first six months took a lot of time, dedication and energy. And, um, but uh, I, like I said, I, I had a, a good team and they taught me a lot so I could uh, learn to be a success quite early on. Was this, is this a job in Japan you'd say has the, you know, the, the stereotypical Japanese hours where you work in long hours, a lot of overtime, that kind of stuff, or was it more standard? Uh, it, it, the first six months were long. Um, we started at eight thirty in the morning and finished up, um, you know, seven or eight at night. Um, we might do networking or go and meet with, uh, candidates after work. So it might be later than that. Mm. Uh, but that was, um, that was the first six months. Uh, and then it's, it, it got better, but I mean, I've been doing this in Japan now for about, uh, 18 years and the, the hours are still the same I think and as far as sales go I mean you there's no cap on how much you can make which is a bit different than if you're working a nine-to-six job oh yeah yeah the more you work the more you get paid that's uh that's very true uh, yep. uh how about um obviously you you became to work at different companies and things like that I don't want to jump too far ahead yeah but obviously you found the job okay enough to keep going so did you how what was your kind of Next step in the industry was it was it making your own company or was it going moving on to a different company? That's a good question. So I I had a career progression within the company that I was at. I I'd uh, started out as an associate consultant and moved up to management and then directorship. And then uh, after about uh, seven years, I moved uh, returned back to the U.S. so my kids could learn some English. Okay. Uh, I had culture shock uh, going back to the U.S. and uh, after about uh, three years, I, I really needed to come back. To Japan during that time in the U.S., I, I basically had created a company that uh, trained recruiters. So I spent three years uh, going into companies within the United States and uh, Asia and training uh, recruiters. Then, after three years, came back and uh, started recruitment again within the Tokyo market and set up uh, Focus Core. Wow. Okay. So yeah, it's a lot of lot of things there. So. Um, you, you decided to say, okay, I'm going to quit this job. I want to go back to America. My kids get some English. So then it was just cutting the cord on that company to 100%, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. It's quitting. Then you went back with no no job in, in hand? Just kind of- I, I, had, I had a job. I, oh, had, okay. <laughs> I had to go back a couple of times. Uh, it, I used my uh, recruitment experience. I, I was uh, up at night uh, doing 10, 15 calls for different companies and, and really trying to find uh, companies to work for. So then, then finally you come back and you start this focus core. So this was, um, you know, starting a company in Japan is really tough in terms of uh, the requirements needed, the things to have to prove to people, how much money you have, how much money you're making, things like that. So uh, obviously that, you had to be kind of kind of going well to even think about starting a company, right, in Japan. Yeah, yeah, you're putting everything on the line, right? So yeah, is that kind of, did you use your past connections to kind of build that one up, I guess? I used uh, my network. Uh, well, I used all my retirement funds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> use everything you have uh, to, to start a company. So there's, I I'd started a company in the U.S. So I, I knew how that uh, progressed and and how that works. So when I came into Japan to do the same thing, it wasn't uh, such a big shock. 
Cool, cool. Okay, okay. So let's now let's talk about Focus Core a little bit. So, what exactly does a, a, a normal day look like for the managing director there of, of Focus Core? What do you do? On a, I know every day is different, but can you give us an average kind of day? What your tasks include? Oh uh, wow! Um, come in uh, into the office uh, around eight thirty nine, and really take a look at what uh, what companies that I'm working for right now that need to hire people. Mm-hmm. And what candidates that we have that uh, need jobs. Uh, so I'm doing recruitment just like everybody else in in our business here. So we have uh, about 20 consultants here, okay. and uh, so we're we're all recruiting. And as managing director, I, I still like to have my hands in in the business and doing sales myself. Um, in the, I'll do some other things. Like this morning, I was working on. Um, uh, some blog posts and some coaching. We'll do some training for some of our clients uh, in July. And then uh, the afternoon I try to use for meeting uh, clients and candidates. So that might be a business lunch and then maybe a face-to-face meeting uh, at 3 or 4 in the afternoon. I get sleepy, so I want to be out meeting people. <laughs> um, and then tonight I'll be out uh, at a networking event well, and okay. meeting more people. Yeah. yeah, so it sounds like it's just like sales. Uh you know, being a recruiter or in the recruitment industry is very people-driven, right? Mm. Yeah. When you meet the people and you have these kind of networking things, uh, you know, some people think have these strategies in their head, right? Like, I'm gonna, yeah. I have this. Is that something you do? You also have a strategy, or you just kind of like let 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 be natural? How does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. I've I've seen people that they're awesome and they go in and they meet every single person in an event. Uh, that's just not my style. I, I'm I, I've not good at doing that. I like going in and, and starting a conversation with people and really learning about them and seeing if there's any way that we can work together. Mm-hmm. So I, I might come away having met uh, a few less people, but uh, had maybe deeper, more meaningful conversations in the long run. Okay. Um, I don't think either way is, is better or worse. I think both uh, uh, hats off to people that can uh, can go and meet everybody. I, it's just... Uh, it's a lot of work to do that. Yeah, some people you know, attack it like a sheep and a wolf. You know, it's like oh, all these people. <laughs> I got a friend of mine. He's, he goes in and he meets every single person and and is brilliant at doing it. So I don't, yeah, obviously you can't get too deep, but you know, a lot of people on the show so far have said you know networking meetings are great, industry meetings are great, meetups are great. Uh, so so you know that's it sounds easy to do, but when you get there, it, it do, do you when do you kind of make the pitch to what you want, right? Is, do you start with normal stuff? Because everyone, you know, in your head, you know, everyone's kind of, I, I know you want something from me, so just say, just say it, you know, or, or, or no. How does, it, well, how does that work? You know, give us a little insight into that. I actually don't. Um, I really go in and try and find out about people. I think some uh, industries have a, a reputation for really trying to want stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and recruitment sometimes is one of those. I, I really go in and, and really just try to learn about the person and see if there's any way that I can be a service to someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, if And eventually they may come around and ask what I do, but I'm not really that concerned about it. Uh, if some you know someone comes up and says they're hiring or they're looking for a job, then we might, we might talk about it, but it, it probably won't be at that networking function. Okay, I was going to ask you next. What kind of, when people come to you and kind of, what, what, what's something you look for when someone you eventually hire when they come to you in those kind of meetings? Is there any kind of just being natural, like you said, just being not worried too much about the end goal? 
Yeah, I, I mean, you want people that are just uh, really comfortable within their own skin and and uh, kind of happy to happy to talk and and uh, learn about people, have a curiosity and uh, about the world uh, around them. Yeah, and a variety of interests help so that you can uh, speak about uh, a lot of things besides just work. I think is helpful. Oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense because you know everyone. I'm sure a lot of people do talk about work, and everyone everyone knows about that stuff for sure already. Yeah. Um, so how about um, like I said, a lot of jets are listening to this show, and a lot of jets are probably listening. Oh, I want I don't want to be in teaching forever, so oh, recruitment sounds good to me. Um, what kind of personality or background do you think makes the best kind of people to go into recruiting? Do you need that recruiting history to get into it? You think in the beginning? Uh, that's a great question. We for focus course specifically, we hire. Probably um, most of our hires tend to be jets without prior experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, because we have such a good training program for people, we tend to, to really have a high success rate. Um, but in general, to get into recruitment, I don't think you need uh, experience. Sales experience some point in your life uh, helps. Uh, and someone who really likes communicating with people is a, a definite plus. Um, and, and people that are probably a bit more uh, strategic in their thinking process and how to uh, get from point A to Z are, are yeah. That's interesting. So, how about when you know? Obviously, you, you in, I'm sure you interview people for the jobs at your own company sometimes. Mm -hmm. Time. Uh, so, what's kind of in the in the interview? What's kind of something you like to see? What's kind of some things you don't like to see? Is there anything when you see that you say, "Oh, this person will make a great candidate"? Or is, there, is the opposite also true? When you see something, oh, they probably will make, be a good fit here. Yeah, I um, good listening skills um, are probably key to what I'm, I'm looking for. Uh, I'll, in an interview, I'll tend to tell people exactly what I'm looking for and, um, and then see if the, the candidates respond with what I've asked them. Um, if I said that I, I needed someone with good communication, do they respond at some point during the interview that say they're good communicators with examples? Uh, I'll oftentimes ask uh, candidates what makes uh, what they think makes a good salesperson, and uh, then have them go through their their career and uh, reflect back: Have they done those things that they they think makes a good salesperson? Mm -hmm. um, but I think really going into a meeting, whether it's a recruitment company or any any interview, is really preparing how you can help the, the business. I, I think that's the key component, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're saying do the, do that. The, the common advice people get is learn about the company and say why this company is the one you want to work for, right? Going in, when you go into a meeting, uh, an interview, really you should have your self-introduction done, memorized, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, two or three strengths questions. You know, they're going every, every interview is kind of around strengths and weaknesses, uh, and have a couple of stories around those those two points, three points, and then also uh, why you're interested in the company and what you think you can bring to the company. Okay, so it's a, be prepared uh, and for what you're going to do for sure. Um, yeah. How about is there anything kind of so you? I guess it sounds like to me you've had experience of people just not answering questions and just kind of saying what they want to say. Then, yep. So remember, don't do that, guys. That's, that's <laughs> good for sure. Um, is there anything you see? 
so in terms of resume here for the you know for past teachers out there, um, yeah. as, it, uh, being a jet is totally cool, and you and then you just have to have a good interview, and they can be hired by you if there's a position there. That's right. And uh, so your company is, is based in Tokyo, though, right? That's right. We have um, yeah, we have offices um, throughout Asia, uh, but uh, Tokyo is our home office. Okay, and you have to be in Japan already to work there for if, if they yeah, want to work for right. Focus Core. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, how about do you do you uh work for any not work for is that word do you uh offer your services to any teaching companies? No. No. Okay. So you're all kind of outside of the corporate world more. It's very corporate. Yeah. So our big industries that we work in are uh, consumer goods, uh, retail, um, you know, medical device, pharmaceutical. Um, um, manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then a lot of people, when they, you know, in Japan, they think teaching is the only thing they can do. Um, so I try to dispel that as often as I can. So yeah. for someone like you, I think you, you maybe could do that better than me, I think. Right. <laughs> well, I think there's, uh, you know, a lot of people come into teaching in Japan and they've, they've had uh, a lot of careers before they, they come over to Japan teaching, um, or they've, you know, studied marketing or they've, they've studied business or, or something else. And I think they can, uh, there are opportunities. Um, the key thing I think is probably language. And once you get over here, really, uh, learning the language and, and while you're teaching, that's a good chance for, for people to learn the language at the same time. And it, it doesn't necessarily need to be, uh, kind of the book learning more as, uh, the conversational learning that you might pick up uh, with friends outside the, the the business. Okay. Um, have you noticed any any more kind of internationalization of these companies? I mean, it, sound, it seems like a good time to be in your business, right? Because there's more people hiring foreigners. So at least you hear that. Um, have you noticed a change over the years in the amount of companies that are hiring foreigners? Oh yeah. We uh, when I started uh, in 1999, we didn't do. Just wouldn't hire many foreigners unless they were expats. And now a lot of local hires. Um, foreigners here tend to have some certain skill sets that uh, maybe uh, their Japanese counterparts might not have. Uh, you know, some sorts of internationalization, uh, a native language that's not Japanese, as well as some uh, Japanese proficiency, which can allow for a lot of other opportunities. What would you recommend someone sitting there teaching now that doesn't want to be a teacher forever uh, do to kind of find the next job? Is it just learn Japanese? Is that their only step right now? If, they're, if they know they don't have the skills right now, but they want to do it in two or three years' time, is it just learn Japanese? I, I, would, I would learn Japanese and um, really start to network. I'd like to ask that too. What, what kind of what – what do you do as, if you want to network? Okay, today I want to network, I want to network as hard as I can for the next six months or something, let's say. Yep. What would you do? How, what kind of steps do you take in that, in that case? Uh, the first thing is uh, from whatever country you hail from, I'd probably look at their chamber of commerce and get involved with uh, the local chamber of commerce. If, if they're in Tokyo, that's easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would also then look at uh, places like Meetup or LinkedIn for networking events within, within Japan, Facebook as well. as mm-hmm. tons of networking events. Um, but I would look for professional events. And especially in either industries that you're interested in, um, look at take. Don't be afraid to you know learn the kanji for whatever industry or skills uh, that you're interested in, and and doing a search on Facebook for groups. 
in that area. If you're interested in accounting, take a look at it for Katie uh, on Facebook or Meetup and see if you can find Japanese groups. And it's a great way to learn language as well, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Does this mean what you're hinting at? Uh, you kind of have to be in a big city, though, to really have the biggest opportunities for you if you're not if you're a foreigner in Japan for work, right? Yeah, All right. <laughs> it's it gets challenging when you're outside of uh, outside Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even if you're Japanese, it, it's it can be a challenge to to move um, outside of the outside of Tokyo. There are opportunities, um, especially in industries like uh, right now in. Uh, hotel and hospitality. Uh, there's things going on in Osaka, Kansai, and Nagoya area um, as well. So, so there are opportunities outside Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you should let that uh, get you down. But obviously, Tokyo is the best place to be for yep. that. Um, so, a little bit of a question I'm sure people are wondering about. So, if let's say you get into the entry level of HR uh, in the HR field. Um, what kind of pay can you be expecting? Because Jet is a great salary. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. Jet is yep. a great salary. Uh, can you expect that much, or do you start less than that if you get an entry level position in HR? Uh, probably less. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would have to think. So. Sorry, uh, for <laughs> the thing with uh, the Jet program, I mean, they take care of you know housing or taxes and, and travel and all kinds of other kind of neat little benefits that you get. Um, but it, sometimes you you know you have to take a step back to go forward, right? Yeah, definitely. And obviously, there's there's less of a ceiling on you if in in the HR field, correct? Well, if you're yeah, if you're in recruitment or in a sales position, yeah, there's there's hopefully no cap on what you're doing. Cool, cool. Okay, I guess to kind of sum it up here, what kind of you know, obviously, you had a long career in Japan over 20 years now. You said so. What kind of is something you wish you knew along the way, or a few things you wish you knew along the way that would have made your time in Japan a bit smoother? Jeez, that's a that's, that's a, a big one. That's yeah. a thinker. Yeah, I would definitely <laughs> yeah. um, would have studied more Japanese sooner. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's the, one of the advantages of being outside Tokyo. Is so, you know you can really dive into to the community a little, little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would learn that. That would probably be the big one. Yeah. Okay, that's that's always good. Always always good advice there. Um, so you do have a focus core. Your company does have a website. Uh, it's it's Japan dot focus core group dot com. So that's what, right. And you do have more stuff than just jobs there. So what else can we find on your website? Uh, you can find out uh, how to put together a great resume and how to prepare for interviews. Uh, there's a lot of uh, blogs about just searching for jobs. We have some videos up there as well for how to prepare for interviews. Um, I think we we do some running. We have running events. We got a lot of athletes in our our company. So uh, come run with us once a month if uh, if you want to do that as well. Yeah, that sounds like a great uh, you know chance to meet you and obviously get to talk and that'd be pretty cool. Uh, summer, yeah. I forgot to. I, sh- I should ask about the resumes before. Um, just a quick one on the resumes. Um. Do you like the the shorter sweet resume, or do you? It's kind of the the new trend is the shorter is better. But what do you think about that that that, that side of things? Do you like the two? You don't mind the two pager, or do you want the one page tight resume? That's a an excellent question because I don't actually think in terms of pages, and I, I think shorter is better. But I look at it as a website because I look at it. I open it up in an email, and you know your most important stuff need to be on the top third of the page. And yeah, then yeah. it needs, you know, in 20 seconds, you need to make me want to scroll down and look at something else. Every company's the same, right? They get they inundated with resumes, so you need to be compelling. 
And do you? Uh, what about for? I don't want to get too deep in resumes here, but uh, do you do you like to have that first sentence, that kind of mission statement? Not mission statement. But you know what I'm talking about. The first sentence of your goal. You like have, seeing that there, or you don't? You don't, you don't want? You don't mind that? Not having that. I don't mind not having it if you if you put something there, make it punchy and unique and uh, enticing. Take a chance. Uh, otherwise, if you put something that you know, I just want to use all my skill sets to be reach my objectives and help the company make money. I would give a big yawn and probably not read on. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, David. Well, thanks for stopping by. Um, also, yeah, I know you also have a book out there, and I definitely want to interview I, again about that in the future. But let, let, tell us a little bit about that. I'll put a link there. Uh, thanks, James. Actually, yeah, my third book, uh, Sweet Sales, um, is really geared towards uh, sales professionals. Uh, it's available on Amazon. Um, and it's uh, just how to go out and, and sell in any industry uh, around the world. Um, it's based on communication skills rather than just kind of on uh, on those tricky uh, skill sets or how to methodologies. Cool, yeah, definitely. We'll put the link there, and I definitely uh, we should talk about the future, writing a book and stuff, and uh, that'd be pretty cool too. So, uh, hope Thanks, to talk Jay. to you again in the future for sure. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time this morning. Yep. Good luck to you. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed today's Inside Japan podcast. Dive deeper into our world and learn more about what awaits you. Check out ALTinsider.com. And for regular up-to-the-minute job postings, check into jobsinjapan.com for the next big gig. Please tune in for our regular excursions into the world of Japan. And good luck. Gambate. Jobs in Japan. Don't come.